Welcome to the DMBA podcast where we share business confidence for designers. And today we're talking about huge uh, reductions in price of Teslas, which is pretty unprecedented and uh, kind of uncommon for a brand of this magnitude and also brand that's trying to kind of position itself also slightly as a premium brand. So we're going to talk about Tesla's discounts and then in general about discounting as a business strategy. So what do you have for us, Franz? Yeah. Um, yeah, Tesla's discount. But I think the interesting thing about this episode is that we will not only talk about Tesla like everybody does all the time, but we're going to go beyond that and just um, go into concepts that are behind that and maybe also into like the discounting and branding topic, which is very interesting for us designers that um, that lies beyond this act, but we're using Tesla as a frame. So just to get this straight, um, January 13, Tesla announced that they reduced their prices between 6 and 20% for their Model 3 and the Model Y in the US. And they even reduced by 40% um, in Asia. I've read that even Mercedes that this does, uh, did the same in China. So it's not like just Tesla did it, right? Many other brands did it as well. Yeah, even to this magnitude? Um, I just read that they reduced it by $33,000. So even if you assume that the price of the this Mercedes was 100K and they reduced it by a third, I mean, this is huge. That's it. only in Asia, but also, or also in other markets. I didn't go that deep. I just saw. <laughs> Are you even saved then? No. <laughs> no. Because, it, because it, no, but it's just the point that it's not just Tesla. It's yeah. other brands as well. That's true. Um, yeah. So pretty big discount. Um, what I found interesting is that they even pair it with um, some goodies. Like um, you get 30-day trial for some enhanced autopilot features, you get uh, 10,000 miles for free supercharging. So it's not only the price discount, but they're basically throwing in what they have. Um, for the full picture, we might also need to add that Tesla actually hiked their prices in 2021 and 2022. So Tesla raised prices several times um, in the last two years. And the reason, as always in the last two years, was supply chain issues. So even if we take this into account, the price the price drop is still surprisingly high. Um, and now the last point to f- paint the full picture is that stock price of Tesla, not looking good for them. Um, so we have 70% drop since start of 2022. Um, partly market, partly what Elon does outside of Tesla. So 45% (laughs) drop since um, Elon bought uh, Twitter. But we cannot only like pin this to this this fact, right? It's not only um, the purchase of of Twitter, but there needs to be something else. So that's where we want to go now. Uh, Why does Tesla go for such an unprecedented step? Uh, Because they have actually always gone with a zero discount policy. No discounts at on Teslas. You can't even negotiate in Tesla stores, which is very uncommon for cars or in general high uh, value um, goods. So that's mm-hmm. the first point. Then 
Um, we also go into what this might mean for Tesla's brand, um, which is going to be super interesting. Um, or what it also means for in general for brands, if premium brands um, play with their pricing. And lastly, as always, we're going to talk about uh, how this is relevant for us as designers. Let's jump in. Cool. So the most immediate explanation of this move is that the market for electric vehicles is expected to cool down. So this is usually how the easiest way to explain a drop in prices, right? The price is a lever to control the demand. And just in general, lower price boosts demand, higher price lowers demand. And company active, companies actively use this measure to optimize their outcome. And as we all know who <laughs> listen to this podcast frequently is that it's not always the best uh, to sell as much as possible, um, but companies optimize for the best outcome. Yeah, what I'm what I'm sharing here is sharing here is exactly this like one-on-one economics. Uh, that this is one of the first things they teach you when you go to a business school, which is if you have a higher price, fewer people buy, and by lowering the price, more people will buy. Um, but I remember that when my business school professor shared this photo, he shared he shared a thought experiment just to say that maybe this is not true. So if you will uh, allow me just for uh, for a minute just to explain what he said, he said, "Okay, imagine that now you're trying to buy a uh, mouse mouse for your computer, right? You go into a store, and what this graph tells you is that most people will buy." Uh, the cheapest mouse, right? Um, but then he said, okay, imagine that you're there and they have three mouses available. One is 10 bucks, the other one is 20, and then the third one is 50. You know, which one would you buy? And he was basically polling like a whole call of 300 people to raise their hands. And most people went for the 20 one, right? Um, and this was just a thought experiment, but I think it also showed me that these theorem of lowering the price, increasing demand is not exactly correct, especially for certain goods. Um, but that's what at least Tesla is counting on, lowering the price, increasing demand, right? Yeah, I mean, there is first a market level, right? So price doesn't only mean price of my thing. So price, general price, average price of something if the average price is lower, this usually leads to more people buying because more people can afford it. Higher price, average price in a market usually leads to um, uh, fewer people buying because it's not as affordable. So that's more economic side. And then for this um, specific part, it's definitely uh, debatable. And then it's about stealing market share from somebody else, right? But I'm gonna get to that later. Um, about this, how this is now a competition between uh, the between different companies. But now let's just keep it on this general level of how, why, so what is this general situation in the market and how could we understand why Tesla now reduced their price? So currently they just seem to be worried that um, about the position or about the situation of the market. So rising competition, we see more and more, uh, not only um, 
companies who produce vehicles, but also electric vehicles, but also like the product range is growing. So more competition and at the same time, lower demand. So again, again, this cutting prices seems to be a smart move because what you can do is position your product as the option that is better or yeah, that people will buy. So you will uh, actually have higher demand. The problem though is that this is not a great sign for investors. And after all, Tesla is a publicly um, traded company whose stock price has plunged basically. So if you send, if you do such a move as reducing prices, then you're also sending a message to investors saying, we're not in a great, our market is not in a great place. So you have this risk of um, stock falling even lower. So that's not great. And this is why we have Tesla spokespeople saying that that's not the case, right? Tesla spokespeople say that they cut the prices only because um, they exp- this is basically normalizing price levels. So we hiked prices because we had problems with supply chains earlier. Now we're normalizing price levels and um, we're not as worried about the market. And furthermore, what they are saying is that they um, are or have been ramping up productions and they have now better economies of scale, uh, which means they have they can produce at lower uh, unit prices. And this also uh, this is also what they want to pass over to their users. Um, and especially this second point um, speaks again for Tesla's worries that demand is going to be lower because higher capacity doesn't pair well with um, more production capacity. So Tesla has been telling investors that they increased capacity by 50% each year. If you have this capacity, you kind of also need to sell out your cars because otherwise um, that's not a good investment. So we see already this um, maneuvering that Tesla needs to do that there is definitely... um, reason when it comes to demand uh, for lowering the price but it's not as easy if you especially if you are a um, if you are a publicly listed company and there are two more interesting reasons I found why Tesla might be doing this and how it might also help them sell more cars first it could be a reaction to uh, rising interest rates so you know that many cars are financed uh, now financing gets more expensive so you kind of need mm-hmm. to um, lower the price of your product but it's going to be still the same c- overall cost because the financing is more expensive so if tesla wouldn't reduce prices tesla's prices would actually rise by this new situation with interest rates and lastly um, countries um, have um, incentives to buy electric vehicles but usually they cut out premium vehicles because they don't want to um, help the rich, but rather want to um, basically um, also help people with who are not able to buy premium vehicles. And this is why um, now this tax cut actually uh, makes sense for them because Tesla cars qualify for these uh, tax cuts now after the um, yeah after the cut. So basically what I'm trying to show here is that price is definitely um, a lever for controlling the demand, but 
in a way, it's not like you're not completely free in choosing this, and there is much more that goes into um, there is much more that goes into this decision. It's not only, as you said in your example with the with your business school professor, it's not only hey, I'm gonna raise, I'm gonna lower this, and I'm gonna sell more, and I'm gonna raise it, I'm gonna make more profit. But there is a lot of details that go into these pricing decisions. Um, but still, in the end. Um, it is a lever to control demand. Yeah, I mean, definitely it's a lever to control demand, but it's also being used in strategic ways, right? So like if you, like what a lot of startups do um, or what corporates try to do to startups is like so-called price wars. You know, so they lower the price so that they would squeeze out some startups from the market. Uh, and then you strategically need to, you know, go into a price war and, kind of do and lower your price as well to to survive um, or you can you can be the one that's trying to kill another company and basically lower the price so yeah, there's a strategy uh, considerations as well so but mostly as designers we would be just thinking about the branding side right so like oh lowering the price is bad for the brand um, because then people will expect this new price and this is lowering the just the story that we are creating around here um, and I guess you'll go into this next, but what I wanted to say is that definitely like pricing is a big part of, uh, of making a decision of how you want to run the company. And sometimes maybe for a short period of time, if you go against your strategy, which for Tesla was just um, not budging on the price at all, I think it may help. Uh, it may help to for a short term to to establish your position on the market and they go back to like non-negotiating so as long as this is not too frequent also it's i think it may not be as harmful to their brand yeah i think i would actually like to talk a little bit more about this price war topic mm -hmm. um did you see that coming for electric vehicles no i thought this i mean in the COVID pandemic, I had a feeling that cars are the things that the hottest commodity, they're just getting more and more expensive. So I didn't see it coming, especially mm. not for, for electric vehicles. Did you? Not at all. But for now, actually, this for me <laughs> seemed to be the biggest backing factor um, why Tesla would actually do this. And also, interestingly, why Tesla, um, how Tesla could actually get out as the winner of this war and why they would actually like start this. So maybe we should even go one step back and talk about how, why would anyone do this even? Like, why would anyone go into a price war? Because it seems like it's bad for everybody, right? So why wouldn't you just keep prices stable and everybody's happy and why do companies have um, price wars? I mean, one example is you try to run your competitor out of the market. Yeah. You know, if you actually have lower prices, they can't afford to be in this market anymore. There's actually also law that goes against price dumping. So if a government, if regulators can figure out that you're actually selling below the price that 
is profitable for you, then this is price dumping and then you need to stop with this. But if you are actually be able to sell something cheaper than somebody else, you can use it to drive them out of the market. Yeah. That's one example. I mean, the interesting thing, because I started reading up on this, the interesting thing is that a price war is almost inevitable in the course of a maturing market. That's an interesting thought when you go about mm-hmm. this. Because like, and that's why I think this is, that was, I mean, foreseeable is always a weird word when you, something already happened, right? <laughs> But it's at least explainable with this. So all markets basically go through uh, maturity stages, right? There is introduction, there is growth, there is maturity and saturation, and then in the end there is decline. And that's what happens for every single market. No market lives forever. If you just look at companies in the Fortune 500 list, most of these companies are not older than like 20, 30 years. So that's the same for every product. So usually you have introduction phase. There are very few companies. Um, they can charge higher prices and they actually have to charge higher prices because it's very expensive to produce something, Right. Then you have the growth phase. In the growth phase, you usually see a lot of market entrants, a scattered market, differentiated products, high growth, but still like moderate volumes for all competitors and still kind of high prices. And then is maturity and saturation, which usually comes along with standardization of products, broad adoption in the market. So lower prices and in most industries also, um, consolidation of the market and this is where we seem to be at the moment in the ev market so at this stage it's about volume and unit economics so companies basically fight for market share and sometimes or i would even say eventually going into price wars which results in companies being run out of the business or getting acquired so i think this is a a natural strategy which Tesla actually seems to be ringing the bell for and actively pushing um, because it feels like they are quite well set up for this because what they have done is aggressively increasing their production capabilities in the last years. Just remember all the Gigafactory news and all these news of, hey, we're gonna double or increase our production capacity by 50%. What they actually did is 47% in the last year. So imagine this, a car company increasing production capabilities for uh, 47%. So I think that was that's actually, from this perspective, quite a um, smart move because it still seems that other car manufacturers, even the big ones, have trouble with production capacity. Yeah, but I would argue that it's bad for them because they're stock is plummeting the stock price is going down and they're in a much worse position than a more stable brand i don't know mercedes bmw and so on they also have money coming in from other sources so not just vehicles itself um but also not just electric vehicles Mm. so in a way they have even less assets now to back their um further you know like adding more capabilities or even surviving because when you're when you are engaging in a price war you may be increasing your top line so top line means like revenue yeah but you are also decreasing your bottom line which is profit and a company like tesla 
I would argue is still in the stage where needs profit more than maybe uh, an old manufacturer like BMW, Toyota, or so on. Interesting thing is that Tesla ha has one of the biggest um, profit margins on units in the full industry mm -hmm. already now. So I fully agree that this is like super risky business. Um, but I like when you think of boldness of decisions of Teslas in the past, it might also be the only like it's almost like attacking in uh in like in yeah. seemingly weak position and the only option that you have or the not the only option that you have but one option that you have is attacking rather than defending and i think this is quite what to expect maybe from elon's strategy decisions yeah i mean i'm becoming less and less fan of his strategies because it seems like he is always betting everything you know he goes all in and it worked until now but at a certain point it's not gonna work and then what are you gonna do so um this i mean this may not be an all-in uh move but it's it's very aggressive for sure and if it doesn't work out um combined with the uh, plummeting stock price yeah. you know And why is the stock price so important? It's important because, like, for example, if you want to go to a bank and tell them, hey, I want to open a new gigafactory in Brighton, <laughs> for example, right, or whatever, then um, they are going to ask you, yeah, how are you going to back up your loan? And then you need to back it up with something. And this is usually your assets. And as a company, your assets usually is, a public company, it's stocks. And if your stock price goes down by 70%, this means that your what used to be 20% for your project is now maybe worth just like 5% of your down payment. And if you actually already engaged in taking a loan now, you have to have more collateral and so on. So it is super risky, especially in the downturn. Um, but yeah, that, that's what mm. makes Alan, Alan. <laughs> and uh, just going back to maybe now beyond Tesla again, um, because that's what we thought, that's what we said yes. we want to be doing, right? So I think in general, every industry um, that, or many industries that get into this maturity phase have are at risk of getting into a price war. And mm -hmm. you might also, so you definitely can prepare for that, right? It's about um, having your costs under control. It's about having good unit economics. And if you are in charge of a business, you also need to be prepared if you are in one of these markets. And the thing is, it can work, but general price wars are super risky because what you're risking is a bullwhip effect. So in essence, for a price war to work, there need to be losers. So there need to be companies that go out of business whose market share you can sustainably capture because otherwise you're in huge trouble because what this means that you will propel short-term demand so you will produce more stuff because you expect to capture more of the market in future if others are able to adjust and don't go out of business this means that the market goes into balance again prices stabilize at the lower lower level you're left with overproduction and full shelves same volume as before, 
but lower unit economics. So that's a very big bet and that's a very um, risky game to play. So if that was the thought in the back of this decision, then that's a bold one. That's a really bold one. Mm -hmm. Would you say, when is when does this counting make sense? Hmm. So now we're talking about why this is risky for Tesla and so yeah. on. So um, I tried to prepare a list. Yeah. It's something I called oversimplified but useful. <laughs> nice. uh, is this a new section in the podcast? <laughs> yeah, actually, if we would... <laughs> If we would have the studio as set up, I would even have a jingle for it. But okay, so let's talk about oversimplified but useful. So I was thinking for myself, okay, so this for Tesla, it's a pretty risky move. I would put it probably under, but let's start with the SS. Okay, so where definitely people are used to discounts is like fast moving consumer goods. So we're talking about diapers, shampoo, cleaning supplies, batteries, you know. You won't, you won't hold the grudge against the company lowering the price on Tuesday if you bought it on Monday, which is, by the way, what happened to Tesla because then people came into the stores and were like, hey, I want my discount as well. You don't expect that. that to happen yeah. with diapers, right? Then I think it makes sense with perishable goods, things like fruit, meat, milk, and so on. You kind of expect people and companies to just discount uh, so-called clearance sale when they're trying yeah. to get rid of the goods. Then um, apparel, I think we got used to apparel like t-shirts and stuff just being discounted. And the rationale there is like, oh, this is an old style. Many people don't care and that's mm. that's great for them. Then, you know, like for me, I don't care. Like I usually wait until January or February until the prices drop. I'm like right now I have a couple of things in my Nike app waiting for them to, to do the discounts. <laughs> don't tell me you're not the same front. I not doing exactly that. Exactly the same. Uh, you you put it in your uh, in your uh, order, and then you're waiting for them to drop the prices. I'm waiting for sales because there are some goods that are just. I mean, that's the whole. Are you ready with your list? Because I have something interesting. No, I'm not done okay. yet. <laughs> then I keep my then I keep my talking point and okay, let you finish okay, your okay. list. Okay, so next on is if if you are running, I don't know, let's say you are a hairdresser and you want people to come back to you, there is a loyalty discounting and you can say, hey, if you come back for the 10th time, I think that's fine, you know. Um, then we have bulk orders. So if you're buying a lot of something, you should ask for a discount. Um, and if you as a company need to get rid of your stock, you know, if you have a lot of something on your hands i don't know a lot of bikes and you want to sell them then 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 that's when it's okay so fast moving consumer goods perishable goods um uh, apparel loyalty stuff bulk orders and uh, you having too much stock you want to add anything to my yes list the interesting thing here is Did you hear about Elon Musk's rule for discounting? No. So I can't, I'm trying to put it up, but I can't find it. Um, but I think I have it. Let me, give me one second. Yeah. I think Tom just shared it also in the chat. There can never, and I mean never, be a discount on a new car coming out of the factory in pristine condition. 
And this, what was the this? second part is more interesting. The, the sentence continues. Uh, I don't have the second part. <laughs> Tom doesn't either. So you'll have to look it up. Ah, where is it? Tom, can you send me the... the I know where that it is in the same article. So what does it say? Paraphrasing. Do you I'm remember? Paraphrasing it. Imagine somebody coming in tomorrow and saying, hey, this person got a discount. If you cannot explain the reason for this discount without being without feeling bad yourself, then that's a wrong discount. So like if there is a discount, this discount needs to be reasonable. That's bulk, mm -hmm. that's loyalty, that's whatever. But as soon yeah. as you kind of feel, I can't tell this person this because they will be disappointed, then it's not a good discount. It's a good one. And yeah. Yeah. the interesting thing is like, yeah. He just did that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's the same car that was sold for yeah, this price. But I mean enough about Elon. So that no, oh, did you wanna go further with this one? I think we can stay at this point because that's the mm -hmm. interesting link now to branding, right? So does this hit your your brand if you do such a thing? And let's start with like Tesla in general, but also let's go to uh, to the broader side again, right? So first thing is that Tesla basically had little to no advertising. Just remember this, right? Tesla doesn't advertise. Tesla built their brand with two things. First one is Elon Musk. And we all know how that's going with Elon's personal brand and loyal customer base. Even like some people even call it Elon's dude army because they're defending him and it's also like people who bought the car they are they burn for it right they're they love it they talk about it they can't stop talking about it so this yeah. like customer base that is loyal is just super important um, and a super important part of uh, the brand but obviously now and you mentioned it already people are very disappointed because they feel betrayed because imagine you bought the model Y in November for $72,000 and now in January you would buy the same thing for 60. Like you just lost 12,000 bucks because no reason. <laughs> Only exactly. Yeah. Um and that is just eroding trust from your customer base which was a very big promoter for your whole brand. So if you have like these two things in that build your brand, you just hit one very fiercely because, and that's what you were saying, right? For some things, we are just used to have discounts. I'll wait for Black Friday, Christmas, Valentine's, winter, Easter, summer sales to get better prices and I would even say the other way around. What you're doing is you are paying premium if you want something now. I think this is how cheaper products work. If you have the patience to wait, you'll get the discount, but you're paying premium if you need something today and it's not coincidentally one of these sales. And that's completely normal. And it's completely normal to say, ah, I need it today. I'm going to pay 20% more. Or I missed this sale, so I'm going to pay 20% more. But for goods with this higher price, and a car is one of them, 
customers expect that companies honor the price and they don't sell to anyone cheaper for no reason. And as we said, ironically, that's exactly what what the um, core principles of their pricing and sales strategy was that they wouldn't have such things. Um, this comes for no reason and people needing to, or people being dishonored or feeling dishonored because of these practices. So that's, I think that's a big hit to the trust and loyalty of the customer base. So you're putting a big item, a ticket under the no bucket, right? So if something is expensive, it's not the same for when it comes to discounting. Yeah, I mean, what I wrote here is also everything that conveys status symbol, right? So if it's something that you want to convey status with, car is definitely part of that. Maybe it's a handbag, maybe it's a watch, a jewelry, art, whatever, yeah. then it's a big no in discounting in my head. Yeah. But there's a few that's in maybes. So a maybe for me is like software. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a tricky one. I mean, a lot of a lot of designers work in the SaaS space, right? Creating software. So what do you do with discounts there? Do you have any thoughts? If not, I can also share what I think about it. I have a huge problem with software pricing in general. Yeah, we can talk about HubSpot if you want. <laughs> so our our CRM provider. You know, the, we just said it's hard to give discounts for no reason. It's also hard to understand pricing if there is no reasoning and no direct cost involved and it's just bundled. But that's, I think, is a completely different topic. <laughs> Okay, but software, go on. No, I just think in software, I think what has, um, uh, what what kind of has developed over time is this like tier pricing, and this tier pricing in a way is kind of discounting, right? So you have a product that essentially costs nothing to an additional. So for a company to roll it out to an additional customer, the marginal cost is of additional customers almost close to zero in most cases. And so for them to, they what they do to discount in a way is they just take features uh, off of certain plans. And that has become universally acceptable. You know, also psychology plays a role here. So it's if it's acceptable, then also it becomes part of the business um, norm. But what's not acceptable is like, at least in my mind, I think it's not a good idea with SaaS is to do like this Black Friday promotions type of thing is that that leads to all kind of problems. You get these worse customers, let's call them, who are basically come there just because of the lower price. And according to some research, that just leads to higher churn rate. So then people getting used to the lower price. So when you want to sell, sell them the normal price next year, um, then they are just they churn, so they just find another service. Um, that also kind of affects your profit margin as a company, mm. and you just have much more unpredictable growth because uh, these people that kind of sign up with a lower price also have much more unpredictable pattern of when they uh, sign off from the service, and it just leads to all kinds of troubles. So. That's why I have it in the maybe section 
for the SaaS. So like, yes, discounting, but with caution. Yeah. What do you think like discounting does for a brand in general? It depends on what kind of discounting. I think for some brands, I think it's just, it's part of the brand to do discounts. Yeah. Like if I go to a discounter, I uh, hope there are discounts. Uh, if I go to Ikea, I'm not surprised if there are discounts. But if I go to uh, BMW salon, then I don't expect a discount. Or yeah, I don't ever expect any discounts from Apple, but I'm very happy when I got one once. So let me tell you a story. So um, I don't know what was the occasion, but they did it very smartly. So instead of giving me a discount, they gave me a $100 gift card, which is essentially a discount, but they just camouflaged it differently. So if, 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 if it doesn't work for your brand to do discounts, maybe you just need to find a different camouflage for it. Yeah. Sorry, what was the question? How did I get here? So I was, I wanted to talk about the impact on mm. a brand of discounting. And now in right. pure like branding terms, not like for which products it might work or for which not and how to actually do it, but just in general, like what could discounts do to, to a brand? It can destroy it or it can amplify it. Mm. I think for certain ones, as I said, if, it, if it's part of your brand story to be like, we are affordable provider, then I think it amplifies yep. it. But if it's part of your brand to be we're premium, uh, then it can just yeah work against your branding. Yeah, fully agree. I mean, this is completely dependent on strategic decisions you have already taken in the part, right? Uh, in the past. Yeah. So if your strategic decisions are... Strategic decisions are basically guidelines for everything you can do and can or should um, guardrail all the decisions that you're making. And if your strategic decisions have not prepared your customers for discounts, then it's not going to turn out great. And actually, it's I found two interesting examples, actually. So not a branding specialist, honestly, but I found two interesting things um, that um, I found quite practical, especially for a brand like Tesla. And the first one is um, this negative signaling that this can just have for for users, right? So mm -hmm. if they're um, cutting a price so much, this signals, like that's weird, right? E especially following the price um the price policy that tesla has done the strategy tesla has taken before so that's just weird for everybody so it raises the questions of why would you do this are you in trouble it seems like your product is not worth as much as before like the brand is perceived as less valuable and the interesting thing is this is exactly the opposite of let's say Red Bull, like Red Bull uses so much positive signaling. Um, so basically they can sponsor like the coolest athletes and the event and the coolest events on the planet. And it seems like they're doing great. And that has nothing to do with the, um, that has nothing to do with the, the pricing, right? Right. This actually leads to high value perception and high value brands. And you're also then expecting to pay more for this. Um, and that's exactly the opposite signaling that you 
get from such a price cut, from such a fierce price cut that goes against strategic decisions before? Mm-hmm. I, I have a list of, I, I, think I came up with like five considerations to think about when, you, when you're thinking of discounting or not. So I, now we talked about brands, right? Mm-hmm. So definitely brand story that you're creating. If you're creating, a, a, if you're starting from zero, this should be part of your thinking, like what kind of brand I'm creating and what's the pricing strategy. Another one is also geography. I think there are certain locations, certain markets that just expect you to do some kind of uh, negotiating. For example, Middle East, like you don't go there and just pay the full price on the market. Um, then we have we talked about strategy. So it, there's things like price wars and so on. Then it could be just purely financial. We just need to survive, you know. We just need to lower the prices because hopefully with this we will clean up our uh, warehouse and hence we can start selling the more profitable products and so on. And lastly, there's a consumer psychology. I think this is kind of baked into some of the other ones, but it's like, what am I signaling to the market if I make this choice? Yep. If I make, uh, if I start discounting. And what we also discussed is different flavors of discounting. And you can maybe do one, but maybe not the other. Yep, true. Because maybe just to give an example, so what Tesla could have done and is just try to better argue for this price change. You know, like we, I don't know, we took this feature away from this car because one of the things they pride themselves with is like, hey, we are a software company, not a hardware company. Mm. Well, and do what all the other software companies do and just take certain features from this car and just set it at a lower price. And then maybe gradually, you know, or maybe make it more gradual. Yep. And that's what I wanted to say. So No, I fully agree with this um, reasoning. And this is, so I read some articles where they practically made fun of Tesla spokespeople who said this price cut is because of normalization of prices in the uh, supply chain. And everybody was like, I mean, can't you try harder at least? <laughs> I mean, that, that's a joke. <laughs> the argument, no, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nobody's going to believe you this. And obviously you're in trouble. So if you like, if you do this, then do it in a smart way so that people are not put off by this negative signaling. Uh, don't like, don't make um, people believe that there is something weird going on, but like you, there needs to be reasoning, um, reasoning, or in the best case, even um, actual reasons that this happens, right? And if you um, change your product features, for example, that definitely works. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of a lazy job from their side, <laughs> but it just got so popular to bash Tesla. I feel bad about it almost. <laughs> <laughs> I feel good about it that we also talked about uh, more than just Tesla itself. Oh, and it's nice did. that yeah. um, Tesla keeps providing us with uh, examples. Oh. <laughs> That's why they're being talked about all the time yeah. because yeah, they're in the news and they always do something controversial. Ready for the learnings for designers? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So... The big point for me here in this topic is that price equals UX. So just take this away from this podcast. So pricing, the way you do pricing and discounting is a part of the pricing is 
and has a huge effect on the user experience of your customers. So the way they pay for it, how much they pay for it, when they pay for it, can they resell it, all of this is UX. So by us forgetting to think about it, we are actually forgetting to design one part, big part of the product. Because the way I feel about the price has huge effect on how I talk about the product and how I use the product and how I promote the product, which is what, which is the whole reason we're discussing this is because there were pictures of people in China who were like protesting against a discount. Well, essentially they were asking at this for discount as well, but you know, uh, actually the whole thing was funny because when I saw this, uh, initially when I saw the article, like uh, my, my reaction was like, yeah, so what? Like, I know that this t-shirt I bought two weeks ago is now being discounted today uh, and I don't go to the store and protest against it. But then I started thinking that, hey, actually Tesla has a different story and all of this comes together. And this goes to show that, yes, price is UX. So even if we, if we can't affect price because it's already set, it's part of the story and our design needs to help sell and explain this story. So I think this is the biggest takeaway that that I would have for the design community. Mm. How often have you been asked to give help when pricing somebody for the first time, uh, something for the first time, like a product setting the price for the first time? Um, a few times. Yeah. Do you have a good answer? I mean, I, I, I approach it from two different perspectives. I think a lot of the times the question comes from the perspective that they have no idea what it costs them to make it. And that's not good. I think you, when you're starting off, you need to understand what is the cost of the product. But once you do the calculation, then you need to throw it away. Because you shouldn't do, most of the cases, I would say it's not a good approach to say, this is the price and let's do the markup. Let's just add this percentage. But then you start from the user perspective and try to understand what is the value that you bring into the table. And you hope that there is some discrepancy. You hope that the value you bring is higher than the cost. Mm. And if the value they bring is 10 times as high, so be it. I mean, that's, that's software, right, for example. But if the value you bring is just 1.25, so 25% higher, then it's going to be hard to survive. So... That's my approach usually. Try to understand it from both sides. Yeah. Have you been part of these discussions? It sounds like you you, you did. Mm. You have been. I fully agree because the the feeling I get when somebody asks for pricing help or a pricing course even, it feels like they are asking for mathematical functions that go very that go into the direction of supply and demand. Right? Hey, if I sell yeah. this price, if I set this price, I'll sell this these many uh, items. And now we can change this and we will basically go from this end to the graph to the other end of the graph. Um, and also we need to, basically it's a calculation exercise. And I fully yeah. agree with what you said. It is a calculation exercise to the extent that you need to know how much it costs. And if it doesn't cost, if you can't charge more than the costs, then it doesn't make sense in any case. But everything else is a psychology UX um um, exercise and has nothing to do with with maths exactly. not at all and yeah that's why and that's why designers need to be part of the price discussions exactly because 
mean, that's what designers are great at. And we shouldn't forget this. We are great at understanding psychology. We're great at understanding triggers. We're great at understanding people's lifestyle. And this puts us in a really good position to understand the alternatives. So uh, what people, how people are comparing our product or service or to what they're comparing it. And through that, understanding the real value we are creating and with what our product is being compared. Yeah. And for me, and, it goes even yeah. further. So you're, you just said, that's why designers need to be uh, part of this, of this pricing. I would even say that most of the, the designers that I have, many designers that I have talked with, they, they're the ones holding back. They're the ones not going into it because they feel like it's all math and calculations. And what I want to tell right. them is, look, yes, there is math and calculations because you need to know the cost, but the rest is people sitting in a room and throwing in numbers <laughs> and that's it. Like exactly. pricing and means truth, yeah. three people, four people, five people sitting in a room, somebody saying 1,500, somebody saying, well, that feels a little bit too high because I have seen this alternative. I have talked to these people. I think this is uh, what people expect. Then the other person says, okay, then what about 1,420? Yeah, 1,420. And the discussion goes on and on. This is how pricing works. And this is exactly where we can contribute. And the only thing we need is um, information about what it costs and also information about how big is the market. So where is the ceiling? And everything else in between is design work. <laughs> And the last thing we need is some business confidence. Yeah, that's that's why, dear listeners, if you listen until now, you should check out the MBA. <laughs> um, yeah, as a side note, but not really. Like, there's going to be a DMBA starting in April, so if you're interested and if you listen until now, you may be a good fit. So check it out at d.mba/course, and there you're going to learn more about the the skills that we cover. We don't really go into pricing, but we do talk about the business skills that are relevant for designers and through that, the language that you can use if you're part of the price discussions uh, in the future. Alrighty, that's the pod, right? Anything else? Anything we forgot? All good. Was fun. Perfect. Thanks, everyone. See you in the next one. See you soon. Bye.